The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen... Well, not so much to talk about this uh, week as far as the Premier League goes, but, uh, well, here I am. Of course, we'll start off right off the top. Manchester City beating Southampton 4-0. What else did we expect? I think the only thing that, that happened that I certainly thought was going to happen again was, you know, Erling Haaland only getting one goal. That was certainly unexpected. I thought another, I thought another hat trick or a brace was certainly going to be in order, but... You know, Erling Haaland's not going to score a hat-trick every single game, but uh, he did find the back of the net, so there we are. You know, Erling Haaland, 15 goals now. <laughs> and, you know, and, and we haven't even seen any much yet. I mean, <laughs> we've, we're, we're only like 10 games in or something like that. I mean, I've, I've lost count because, you know, of, of all the postponings and everything. I mean, I've completely lost count. But the bottom line is Erling Haaland has already made his statements. He's going to continue to make statements. He's going to prove a point. And most importantly, he is going to prove certain people wrong as far as him fitting in Pep Guardiola's system. So, uh, of course, when I remind that, of course, my good buddy, Mr. Joe Maver of Stoppage Time FC and the Sin Network, uh, well, God knows, you know, the huge smile he's got on his, on his face right now because to remind everybody that that particular conversation that I had with him explained that Erling Haaland's going to be just fine. Well, from the from day one, from day one of when Erling Haaland was announced to be moving to Manchester City, from day one, I said, Erling Haaland is going to be okay. And Joe felt the same way. So Joe and I, we truly are enjoying one hell of a laugh together, aren't we, brother? Because I know that he's going to be listening to this. So anyway, Manchester City continuing to do their thing. You know, Tottenham with a very dull one nothing win over Brighton. You don't know what to say about that. Of course, you know, Harry Kane scoring, you know, in the 22nd minute. But then after that, nothing happened. Man, you know, three shots on target for Tottenham in that game. Then nothing out of that. You know, I guess in my case, it's, it was certainly good to see uh, Hugo Lloris uh, keep a clean sheet. You know, and speaking of Hugo Lloris, uh, I still kind of believe, I'm still firm on the fact that the World Cup next month is going to be his final World Cup for France. You know, who knows what France goes on after that. And I'm still hell-bent on uh, getting Zinedine Zidane to become the manager of the French national team. So, anyway. Well, Chelsea, 3-0 went for them. It was finally good for Christian Pulisic to finally get on the scoring board. Scored his first goal of the season in the Premier 
excuse me, the Premier League. God dang hiccups. Oh, those damn hiccups. Anyway, so it was it was definitely good to see uh, Christian Pulisic, you know, finally get on, on the scoring uh, end. Uh, uh, we really haven't seen too much of him. You know, I, I, I believe this might have been... I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I believe this might have been his first start of the season. If, if I'm wrong, go ahead and uh, let me know. You know, it was certainly good. You know, Diego Costa playing, you know, on, on the Wolverhampton side. You know, and both both sides utilizing the same exact formation. Four defenders, two midfielders, three forwards, and a lone striker. And Chelsea deployed Kai Havertz to be their lone striker while Wolverhampton deployed Diego Costa. So, but you know, as, as far as I, I, I'm concerned, I believe this might have this may have been Christian Pulisic's first start in the Premier League. Although again, I'm not sure. But well, what I do know is, I if, if I'm correct, and I'm pretty sure I am, that Christian Pulisic finally scored for the first time this season. And you know, as far as uh, as we know, there's been so much discussion that Christian Pulisic is unhappy. That you know, Chelsea is exploring the is exploring uh, the opportunities to sell him. I mean, I don't know, and I think right now, as far as far as I'm concerned, uh, a logical place for Christian Pulisic to go to would be would be Juventus. But you know, Juventus, as we know, is not doing good at all right now in the Serie A, off to a very rough start and like that. So, I mean, who knows? But but right now, the the, the lead story, in my opinion, as far as Chelsea's concerned, is uh, you know involves Christian Pulisic. But really, uh, I really, I really, honestly, don't know what to say. But but Chelsea got the three nothing win, so Chelsea fight needed that. Winning that particular way. Now getting to uh, you know Bournemouth beating Leicester City, that's t- totally unexpected, and you know, see, you know seeing seeing how it's unexpected, you know Bournemouth, you know seeing the position that they are, but seeing as uh, Fulham, you know coming up short, and you know Newcastle with a five to one win over Brentford. Certainly saw some uh, a, little, a little bit of high action on, on some end, but uh, I have to say the game between Arsenal and Liverpool, well, <laughs> the fact that Gabriel Martinelli scores immediately for Arsenal within the first minute, I kind of felt that this game was going to be something. I mean, of course, there was the uh, the time there was a confrontation, like a little bit, uh, uh, basically a little bit of a of a scuffle between Arsenal and Liverpool, I and mean, we all knew that was going to be bound to happen, but. I'm telling you, Arsenal beating Liverpool three to two. I mean, the downfall for Liverpool just continues and continues and continues. And recently, manager Jurgen Klopp actually said, and I quote, "We are not in the title race." So I'm like, "Well, you think?" <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure that my my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, obviously would would have a, a, a verdict of his own to deliver as far as Liverpool goes. And man, you know, Liverpool's just been. I mean, all the issues, you know, the defense, the injuries. I mean, now at this point, I think as far as Liverpool is concerned, you can easily add their, the lack of motivation. I mean, something is something. There's just a lot going on, and there's just more to the story. And I believe, as far as more to the story goes, there's just more to the story that we don't know. But overall, I think there's more that we don't. There's more going on out there that we are unaware of, and. And who knows when we're going to be brought to light on what's going on. But right now, I mean, there's a there's a dire situation going on in Liverpool. Or, or perhaps I should say, there are numerous dire situations going on within the club. And, man, it's just, you know, Liverpool being on top for so long, you know, being that dominant team. And now kind of, you know, seeing them, you know, crack, now it's all cracking down. You know, 
Virgil van Dijk's had struggles. I mean, Darwin Nunez, you know, like that, you know, it's, it's, it's been kind of a rough start, although he did actually score in, this, in the game today. Darwin Nunez did score in the 34th minute. That equalized. Uh, Liverpool's just, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, in the Premier League, excuse me, in the Champions League, it's a different story. In the Champions League, they still seem to be doing a contention, and they don't seem to be doing... They don't seem to be doing as bad as they are in the Premier League, so... But, you know, Steve has actually mentioned this numerous times that you'll see a club do well in the Champions League but struggle in their respective league. Like like when Lyon, when a few years ago, when Lyon pulled off the one of the biggest miracle Cinderella, t- Cinderella runs in the Champions League history, you know, making it to the Final Four of the Champions League, you know, they eliminated Manchester City... Like that, I mean, and Lyon was actually not doing well in the in the French league, so there's a perfect example of that. So, so the bottom line is, I mean, it's, it's basically in my case, it's a Jekyll and Hyde effect. You see a team do so well in the Champions League, but they don't do very well in the respective competitive league, like whether it's the Premier League, Serie A, the French league, the Dutch league, whatever. I mean, that that's just a, that, that's just part of the beauty of the game, like. They'll shine in one competition, but they'll struggle in the other. I mean, I guess the, I guess what they mean, I guess they mean that when they seriously mean the the brilliant and unique element of surprise, right? I mean, for as far as Arsenal goes, I mean, seeing Bukayo Saka score a brace and one of them being a a, a penalty. I mean, honestly, for Buka, for uh, excuse me for Bukayo Saka. You know, no, nothing but respect for him. I mean, he, he's a young and rising, uh, up-and-coming superstar. He's already done a lot, and I really believe the future is bright for Bukayo Saka. He's definitely a player that I've got my eye on, and I would love to have the opportunity to write about him and talk about him more on the show. But, but man, the, the dude, the dude's an immense talent. Bukayo Saka, I mean, you can say, it doesn't matter who you root for or whatever. I mean, there's no denying that Bukayo Saka is very talented, and the dude strongly has a bright future ahead of him. So, you know, 21 years old and he's already doing big things. He's already solidifying himself as a, as a stud for Arsenal. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, Bukayo Saka is just an exciting player to watch. And honestly, like I say, I say that with conviction. Whether you're a Manchester United fan, whether you're a Liverpool fan, Chelsea fan, you know, whatever, you know, really at the bottom line is... You, you can't really basically notice, you, you can't deny the type of talent, the type of unique player that Bukayo Saka is, and and man, that dude is just, dude is just lights out, and I really believe that everything's going to be cool, so, with him. Uh, no, I, think our, I think at this point, Arsenal really is proving to be the, you know, the real deal, you know, for so long after what they've gone through, you know, but all the all the all these um, Arsenal supporters that I know personally, they're all saying the same thing is, you know, the fact that they were you know so patient with the manager. So I mean, it, it it finally paid off, you know. Well, it's finally paying off, I should say. I mean, you know, the fact that they were so patient with Arteta with Mikel Arteta, you know, it's finally paid off because you know there was a lot of speculation and and that, that he would be, he would have been sacked, but honestly. I've even told Arsenal supporters, you know, sacking sacking Arteta would have done absolutely no good because Arsenal would have been just put right back to square one, and and then their their success, their future success would only be delayed and delayed and delayed because new manager means new system, new manager means the rebuilding process starts from scratch. I mean, again, you're you're just being held back. So, 
So Arteta, you know, things are just finally working out, and you know, all these Arsenal supporters are saying they felt that the patience just might have been might have been worth it. But but Arsenal wants to wants to qual- needs to qualify for the Champions League, and they got to win some titles, you know, to to kind of solidify the claim that the patience has has paid off. So, and I think and I think Arsenal is gonna is gonna continue to, to do good. So. But as far as I'm concerned, there's that a bit of controversy that uh, a Gabriel Jesus handball was not called. Um, I'm not entirely sure what happened in that particular situation, but it's just really tough. But you know, apparently that, that handball, of course, uh, the best person to ask would be again my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams. He would be the guy to uh, talk to, but um. There's always a bit of controversy, you know, in these Premier League, in these Premier League games, you know. So I really don't know, honestly, what to say. I I think it, it was kind of that that moment like like that, but I'm I'm not, I'm not sure. But I I think it was in that part where uh, there was a foul on. I one point there was a foul on Jesus by Thiago Silva, but that 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 was a a bit ago. So you know. Not really sure uh, what to say, honestly. But again, the situation is just you know so badly critical. So, you know, so, you know speaking for Arsenal, you know, defender William Saliba is continuing to uh, is is continuing to shine, and William Saliba really you know definitely has a a future with uh, the French national team. And you know, they're talking about the the thing with between Thiago Alcantara and Gabriel Jesus, so. But I don't know. I, I think it's because the ball hit him in the arm. I don't know, like that, or, or maybe the way it happened. Again, I, I looked at the replays, but I could not find. I, I could honestly like, the, based on based on my verdict is basically, I think it happened so quick, or the way it happened, it's it's kind of unclear. But I mean, I don't know. But I, I think basically what, what ended up happening is that Thiago was what was penalized and and, and Jesus was not penalized for, for for a supposed handball. So I think it's one of those situations that just it it was just such a bad situation. I mean it could have gone either way, but I don't know. Or maybe Liverpool just got badly. It's just a bad case of unfortunate bad luck. I mean I don't know. I tr- I truly don't know. But 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 Arsenal is just, is just red hot. So. And, and Liverpool is just, you know, speaking of, and now speaking of Liverpool, you know, that Luis Diaz has actually been ruled out until the until 2023 because he suffered a knee ligament damage. I mean, God knows how long he's gonna be out. I mean, it it would not surprise me if he even missed the rest of the season because when we're talking about ligament damage, y'all, ligament damage is serious. Ligament damage n- means that your knee may never be the same again. Now, a certain injury, like when you tear your when you tear your ACL, if you suffer a concussion, if you break your shoulder, you know whatever you break your ankle. I mean, obviously, it's never going to be the same. That particular body part will never ever truly be the same. But ligament damage, I mean, that's seriousness on a whole different level. So, so with knee ligament damage, who knows? I mean. He could come back, but again, he he won't be the same. But honestly, they're they're saying that he's out until two thousand twenty three. That's that's the only information I have. I mean, so they say that he's out until two thousand twenty three. But the question would be, well, when when is he going to come back next year? I mean, who knows? But but just you know, the bad luck just continues for Liverpool, and 
just it, 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 it's tough, man. But but you know, Mohamed Salah having his struggles as well. You know, Diogo Jota started off the season injured. I mean, it's like I said from the beginning. You know, the injuries, you know, the struggles, and just you know, just bad things happening with Liverpool right now. I mean, you know, Liverpool just going falling and sinking lower and lower and lower. I mean. Right now, you know, uh, right now, everybody's finally starting to ask the questions. I mean, is this is this the part of the story? Because, you know, there's always something we say, the rise and fall of something. So people are now asking, so are we at the are we at the point of the story where we're at the fall of Liverpool under the reign of Jurgen Klopp? I mean, I don't want to say yes. I mean, maybe we are, but we have to see how, how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, if Liverpool has such a bad season, like imagine if Liverpool fails to even finish in the top four. I mean, hell, imagine if they finish, if they fail to finish in the top five. Then I think we'll definitely be convinced, yes, this could be the beginning of the fall of Liverpool under the Jurgen Klopp regime. But also, it would, we would also have to be, it would also be how it was indicated in the Champions League. Like, if Liverpool somehow makes it out of the group stage but gets knocked out in the round of 16, that would further solidify that perhaps, indeed, we are at the point where it's the fall of Liverpool. But, you know, we'll just, have, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, Virgil van Dijk, too, has been struggling. And stuff, you know, of course, all the talk with Trent Alexander-Arnold, and you know, he's still getting, Liverpool fans are still a, a little bit, you know, angry about, you know, how Trent Alexander-Arnold's mistake allowed Real Madrid to score that goal in the Champions League final, so <sighs> Liverpool's just, you know, they're, they're struggling, and, and Arsenal's just, you know, it's almost as if Liverpool's falling, is sinking down, and Arsenal's taking, is taking their spot. That's the way I kind of see it. Liverpool is, is going down to being an average to a mediocre club, while Arsenal is rising back up. So... And again, you know, and I don't mean any any disrespect. I mean, you know, seeing our, you know Liverpool with all all that talent and you know a brilliant manager like Klopp, it's it's tough. But you know, it it is what it is, right? I mean, that's all I can say. It is what it is. But we can't deny the fact that Liverpool is not a good club at the moment. But they do have a lot of problems, and if the problems are able to be repaired, then it's quite clear it's going to take a long time. And who knows how long it's going to take? But. But the talk of Jurgen Klopp being sacked, I think that's really going way way out of line. I mean, if Liverpool were to sack Jurgen Klopp, that would probably be disastrous. If this continued for another two seasons, then then probably then yeah, it would probably be ideal if if the club moved on from him. But right now, getting rid of Jurgen Klopp would actually probably be the the worst mistake that the club can that the club management can make. So so that's basically it about on Liverpool. So. As far as you know, going back to Manchester City, um, you know, Manchester City, you know, really continuing the dominance like that. But you know, believe it or not, Manchester City is not on top of the is not on top of the table. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But I do got to spend a little bit of time talking about Manchester United after what happened last week when I actually kind of flirted with the idea if they were a disgrace again. And this in the game against Everton today, the way that game started, maybe I was like, okay, maybe they are back to being a bit of a disgrace, but. Uh, Manchester United actually got the job done. Even though they conceded within the first five minutes, they equalized ten minutes later, courtesy of Antony. And believe it or not, Cristiano Ronaldo actually gave Manchester United the lead, and that turned out to be the game-winning decider. And I think the bigger story is is that uh, 700 goals now for Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> recently. So, man. Man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, that story with 700 goals. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, has, you know, dude, you know, I think with that assist from Casemiro, 
You know, and Anthony Martial actually started the game, but he was pulled out, although I'm not entirely sure why. But check in a second, see if he's injured, but... You know, 700 club goals for Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, that's just absolutely remarkable. So, <laughs> you know, speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo, recently there was actually a World Cup Christmas commercial where there's actually, where they show Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady says in the, in the, in the show, isn't he getting too old? <laughs> well, how ironic is it that they have Tom Brady in a Christmas World Cup commercial? Because, again, it's to, it's to kind of basically... Remind the idea that the World Cup's taking place during the holidays, but you know, of course they show Tom Brady, forty-five years old. You know, we all know what's going on right now in his personal life. You know, they show Cristiano Ronaldo, and he says, hey, "Isn't this isn't this guy getting too old?" Well, how ironic that that's coming out of Tom Brady. But I know it's all just it's all just for a it's all it's all just a com it's just all all comedy jab. I mean, that, that's how this headline this source says it. It's a comedy jab. It's it's not meant to be disrespectful. It's it's just a laugh, and I think it is pretty funny. It's all it's all just a bunch of humor, so like that. So I mean, you know, you got Ronaldo and Tom Brady, you know, who of course you know in their primes were the best legends in the in the in the respective games. But you know, really, I mean, Tom Brady is too damn old to be playing football. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo is really getting to that point, but Cristiano Ronaldo still plays good. But I mean, Brady still plays good too. But Brady's really kind of been having that kind of season. But anyway, so now scoring 700 club goals, so I'm not sure. As far as Martial goes, okay, well, apparently, yeah, it was an injury update, although six hours ago, there's a thing that says they could face World Cup headache with France. Well, now that he's hurt, if, if he's hurt, then yeah, obviously that's the case, but it's just a, yeah, I mean, of course, a third, another injury for Martial. I mean, the, the dude just can't stay healthy. It's just, it's tough, man. Oh, I mean, and Martial had the assist in the equalizer too, so it's just sad that he goes from providing an assist on a game tying goal, and then you know, and then after, and then within thirty minutes, you know, he's pulled out of the game because he's hurt. But oh, I mean, that's what that's what I was afraid of. I mean, obviously, he was pulled out of the game that early. It had to have been an injury. So, but you know, Eric Eric Ten Hag said after the game, and I quote. I cannot tell what it is, how serious it is. Let's wait the first 24 hours, how serious it is, and then I can give an answer. So, well, I think it's been over. I think it's been a little over 24 hours. I mean, it was like yesterday. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, because if we remember, you know, he had that hamstring injury in that in that in that uh, exhibition game against Atletico Madrid back in on July 30th, and he missed a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, he he came in the game against Liverpool, but then got hurt again because because he, he suffered an Achilles injury. So I'm I'm just like, man, this is just you know, it's just tough. I mean, all all these French players, you know, getting injured. I mean, you know, with everything like that, it's just it's 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 too tough to handle. But really, I'm right now. I'm at this point where I'm like, I don't even know what the heck's going on. But man. But now, now that he with his injury, he he could miss out. I mean, it, it's just it's just it stinks that an, another World Cup opportunity has to be you know has to be taken away from Anthony Martial because of the injuries. I mean, that's his biggest problem. Is his biggest issue, I should say, is that he can't stay healthy and it's tough. But man, man, oh man, oh man. Well. I've looked at all these sources. None, none of them really indicate what kind of injury he has. But you know, right now it it kind of seems like the injury apparently seems to be bad. But man, it's 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 just it's just a shame that he's he's gonna miss out on the World Cup. But 
But it's not like I have heavy expectations for the French national team in this World Cup because, again, you know, the French national team needs to move on from Didier Deschamps. So, you know, right now, you know, all these injuries, too, with the, with the French players. I mean, Pogba and Conte probably won't be selected. I mean, it, it really looks as though as France is really going to... France is really going to be pushed around in Qatar. It, it's, it's really going to be a horrible title defense. You know, it, it could be... It could be the same thing that happened to them 20 years ago. This, although this time it, it could be far more humiliating, but that remains to be seen. So you know the injury right now. Okay, okay. So now it's uh, okay. Now this source is saying that the injury news is more positive than expected. Huh. Okay, I, I definitely got to take a look at this, and I'm sh okay. Not as serious as it, not as serious as it looks is basically is what is what it's saying. I mean, I gotta see if this story is actually gonna elaborate. But well, from this, it's not the same problem that kept him out of the majority of the season. Okay, so okay, so it says here right here. Okay, that Ten Hag said something that it was a problem with his back. Okay, I mean. If it's a back, I mean, it's probably not as serious as, as an as an Achilles uh, Achilles. Excuse me, it's not as bad as an Achilles injury or or a or a hamstring injury, but you know, but the injuries, you know, really it hits the club right in the face too, because you know Manchester United's upcoming schedule is, you know, they got the, they got another Europa, Europa League uh, game against the same club they actually beat last week, uh, uh, Amon Amonoya, or I'm not even sure how to say it, but. But their upcoming Premier League games, they gotta they gotta host Newcastle at home, but and then they also host Tottenham on, on October nineteenth before being on the road to take on Chelsea. So the road ahead for Manchester United is gonna be brutal, but you know it is what it is. So so Manchester United has got to figure has got to figure it out. So you know it's, from that game too, you know Marcus Rashford, you know potentially had a third goal that was taken away. I think I think they ruled it off because it was a handball, but. But my good buddy, the fiercely painted Mr. Josh McSwain, truly begs to differ. I mean, he pretty much expressed his, uh, I shouldn't just say that he was rather disappointed. You know, based on how, when I spoke to Josh, now, now the tone on, now his tone, I can honestly say he was pretty frustrated. I mean, he was not very happy about it because much like me, Josh has high hopes for Marcus Rashford to, you know, to turn things around. So... So he felt that the goal being taken away from Rashford was a total bullshit call. So, but you know, I said you know it is, but you know that is tough. But you know, at least they got the much needed win because you know the games ahead are going to be tough. But Manchester United remains in fifth place with five wins and three losses, and Arsenal's on is on top with eight wins and one loss. And of course, Arsenal has only lost to Manchester United. Manchester City is in second with seven wins and two draws. So Arsenal maintains a one point lead. But, you know, as far as goal differential goes, uh, Manchester City kind of holds that advantage because Manchester City has scored 33 times while conceding only nine times. And Tottenham's in third with Chelsea right under them. So so you got Arsenal, Manchester City, Tottenham, and Chelsea in the top four with Manchester United only being one point below Chelsea. So, so if Manchester United can actually win their next two games, if they can pull it off against Newcastle, pull it off against Tottenham, and then miraculously pull it off against Chelsea, then Manchester United can certainly climb up the ranks and be in the top four. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned after that is, they got to keep winning. So, you know, seeing Liverpool, man, look at that. Liverpool, two wins, four draws, and two losses, man, with 10 points. 
you know, even though, like, and man, you know, scoring 20, 20 goals and allowing 12, I mean, bam, that that's just, that's terrible, man. Absolutely terrible. So, you know, well, I suppose it is what it is. And quite frankly, that's all there is to say about it, right? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for today. But before I let you go, I'd like to remind you that Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, European Soccer, as well as Major League Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just find Into the Net FC's link in the episode description. You can start shopping, get your soccer merch, and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans, WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to get your pro wrestling merch on WWEShop.com, if you use Into the Net FC's link in the episode description, you can take advantage of the best deals and get your favorite pro wrestling merch today. And finally, Into the Net FC is also proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now and get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in the description. You can set up your account in less than two minutes, and you can start binge-watching soccer as well as your favorite shows. And finally... Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen, and I will see y'all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.